Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to Blair Tompkinson, ABA Award-nominated barbecue competitor, pit builder, and pit master at Bears Barbecue Low and Slow Catering. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Blair, how are you, mate? Welcome to the confessional. Good, mate. How are you? Mate, I am cracking. It's a good day to be talking about barbecue. It definitely is. Now, speaking of barbecue, beautiful sign in the background there, man. I'm digging that. I want one. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, no, they're, um, they're quite good and it's great to hang up at the events when I'm catering, so brings the crowds in. I'll, I'll bet it does, yeah. Can you tell me where you picked it up or is it a uh, bit of a trade secret? Um, no, it was one of the – I just found them on Instagram. Um, I actually can't remember their company name. I just ordered it and um, a couple of weeks later it rocked up. So it rocked up bigger than I thought it was going to be as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised. Yeah, well, that's good. It's always better than when you, uh, you know, open something up and it's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had that plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, first things first, congratulations on your uh, nomination for the Australasian Barbecue Alliance Annual Awards for catering. That, that's got to feel good. Yeah, yeah, it does. It was, I was actually quite honoured and surprised. Um, just, yeah, I can't believe it that people wanted to put my name down there for that. So, thank you very much. Yeah, man, it's a it's a huge uh, it's a huge recognition, and I'm sure that it's going to go uh, a long way to, uh, to to helping you build your profile with uh, with Bears Barbecue there. But we're going to talk about Bears Barbecue yep. a little bit further down the line. Tell me, mate, what was the last thing that you barbecued for yourself to eat at home? Um, would have been a, just a Scotch fillet. Um, you tend to have a, a cook a lot of them at home for dinner. Um, just an enjoyable piece of meat. So. Um, just a good night dinner's meal all the time. So a quick smoke and a quick sear. So, is that uh, SCA competition practice? Do you, do you uh, compete in, in no. SCA? No, I've I've done it once um, in our country boys team. Um, it's more uh, Dan and Dave on the stake. Um, but no, mine's just a quick get a bit of smoke and do it, and a quick sear and get it on that dinner plate. Oh, okay. Sounds awesome. Now I've just got a, uh, a a quick comments come here. Daniel Barrington is uh, is joining us live on Facebook here. His comment is "Hello, Dad." <laughs> I'm assuming uh, that's right. an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, I got a dad bod. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, we're we're, we're, we're barbecue guys. We all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all righty, so. Give us a bit of the uh, uh, rundown of, of how you got into barbecue. Yeah, right. Well, how I first started, um, I grew up with Chris Bollins from Barbecue Mafia. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So um, he started like, um, hadn't seen him for a little bit, and he started posting all these photos of um, all this meat and slow cooking on the barbecues, and I kept sending messages and annoying him. And then he um, said he needed to come to one of these barbecue comps and come join him and Drew um, and Gaz and um, Ryan. So started popping my head in, hanging out with them at the barbecue comps. Um, and, yeah, it was just I was blown away by how good it was. So that was my introduction pretty much into the American barbecue. Yeah, right. Okay. And had you been into uh, the Australian style of barbecue before that or was it just always all about the uh, the American stuff for you? 
No, before that, I always like cooking on the barbecue, um, like putting the old snag on there and bit onion, um, and just like always doing that. And then I seen what more you could do, um, and I and I also liked enjoying like doing things slow. Um, got good patience with it, so um, yeah, I just wanted to really get into it and um, went out and brought one of those Bunnings little char grillers, little offset smoker. So, how did you find that? Um, at the start, it was challenging <laughs> um, and then started working out all the temperatures and where it was hot inside. So um, modified it a fair bit to make it work and then slowly just started upgrading from there. Alrighty, what sort of modifications were involved in that? Uh, just probably more heat deflectors inside. Um, upgrading the temp gauge because the temp gauge was terrible. Um, then um, just moving, we're finding where the good sweet spot is, where to put the meat inside. So. And just trying to get actual fire management, fire management, and then you could if you had too much, it was too hot. So it ended up being like a pretty little fire and more charcoal. Yeah, right. Cool. Now you, you mentioned that you got introduced to competition barbecue by uh, by Barbecue Mafia, which is a hell of a pedigree. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you actually remember this, but we first met at uh, at, at the Bangalore Bluegrass and Barbecue Festival in. 2016 and you had a yes, beautiful little smoker there but i can't remember if you were competing or if you were vending yeah we were uh competing so it was me and uh, brett from lane's barbecue and our crafted q barbecue team um and that was like uh i remember it being super cold um we brought down a smoker a little reverse flow that i built and um we just got two brand new gateway drums so it was like the first time cooking um on all three of them Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and we were sort of um, trying to figure it all out, but we actually did pretty well in that Bangalore comp. I think we got first place in brisket and fourth place in pork ribs at that competition. So, Yeah, that's, that, that, that's right. I do have a good photo of, uh, of uh, you and Brett up there picking up your trophies. Now that you've said that, I do actually remember that now. Yeah. I think I used that photo on, uh, as a cover photo of, um, of the photo album that I published of my shots there. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, no, it was quite a surprise because we were um, at the uh, Flame Mongrels tent all celebrating and we didn't even hear our name get called. And um, and everyone's like, you guys just won. And we thought everyone was sort of like stitching you taking up. Taking a piss. Yeah, stitching us up. And then we um, realised it was us. So <laughs> we're pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, uh, the Mongrels tent can be a bit distracting at times. It has a it's bit a of that reputation. <laughs> yeah. Now that, 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 that little pit that you had built, that was a beautiful thing. Do you still have that? Uh, no, so I built that for a friend of mine and um, that was like just doing like the first book. So, um, but he still has it and it's, it still looks really good. So it was a little 16-inch reverse flow. Yeah, yeah. And are you still making pits now that you got Bear's Barbecue up and running? Uh, yeah, I've been building my own. Um, so I built my two reverse flows that are on my trailer um, that I do all my catering with. Um, I built a, another one before that that someone else has um, down in Brisbane on a trailer. And then I've just built that new standard flow one, the blue one that's at Lane's Barbecue. Um, so for they can start doing cooking down there and more videos. I love that blue one. It's very rat rod. Yeah, that, it's it's a favourite. <laughs> yeah. So put a lot of time into that and just try making everything perfect. So Yeah, no doubt about that at all. So how long did you um did you compete as as crafted Q? 
Um, Brett was doing that before I joined. Um, I think he was doing that for a good year and a bit before I joined. Um, and then we did it for another year. Um, and then his Lane's barbecue just took off and went to another level. So we had to focus on that. Um, and then it was sort of only me left there. And so Dan from Country Boys come over and we had a good chat and we'd get along really well. So then I formally joined the uh, Country Boys. Yeah, tell us about that because I mean that's that's one of the premier teams in the in the country. To, so to to get an invite to go join Country Boys, that's that's got to be pretty yeah. cool. No, I was pretty honoured with it. Um, like from I think 2016, nearly every year we've been invited to the Invitational, and I think we've finished top ten nearly every year. Um, so we've been doing pretty well, and I think just this year we finished uh, in third place. Um, we're for Queensland pretty much up the top. So it was, it was good to see Queensland finally getting up there and taking charge. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the country boys have a, um, have a bit of a reputation for being really at the, at the pointy end, as you said. And um, I, I'm always curious when it comes to talking to top level teams about how they organize the team. So I, like I, back when I was competing, Dan was my neighbor a couple of times and he was, either solo or he just had one person. So now that there's the big team yep. there, how do you divvy it up? Like, do you have a particular protein? Like uh, what's your role in the country boys? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll mainly focus on um, the brisket and but just do an oversight over everything with everyone. Um, Dan's always on his pork because his pork always always a top five, no matter where, where we go, his pork is amazing. Uh, little Bicky, he's always looking after our lamb and uh, Will's in there as well, looking after the lamb and chicken. So. Oh, right. Yeah. We've all got a little, uh, yeah, we've all got our little proteins, but we always looking after each other and helping each other out when someone's not there to watch something. So. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that the, um, that the country boys tend to do a lot of cross training as well. So it, it's yeah. like, doesn't matter if the whole team can't make it because the rest can can still go ahead. And um, when I was competing at Bangalore in 2018, 2017, I was actually between Dan and – no, I was next to Dan and on the other side of him was Lucas. And they were both competing yep. solo and they were actually watching each other's fires and things throughout the whole competition. So it's it's kind of fascinating to see how all that kind of that, – that time spent together and that cross-training really comes together to to create such a smooth flowing unit there. Yeah, it's always a pleasure that when we got Lucas beside us because, like, we're always helping each other out and always looking after each other's fires and stuff like that. So, no, it's been pretty good having Lucas as a, another team and having him beside us. So he's even been a teammate a few times. So it's been amazing. Yeah, the sharing of knowledge between the two of you there is, uh, but well, between the two teams must just be amazing. I can only yeah, imagine. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it is a good bunch of dudes. Always good to yeah. have a barbecue and good beer with. Yeah, yeah. So what's your preferred cooker there in the team? Because I know Dan had a or has a trailer that he built himself. Do you cook the brisket in the trailer or do you are you a drum guy? What do you like to do the brisket in? Um, I like them all. So we got we got the GMG um pellet grills, we got the uh, gateway drums and we got his homemade smoker. Um that little homemade smoker of on his trailer, that thing just seems to just cook it, cooks amazing. Um and like we'll put one brisket in there normally and we might have one in the drum or we'll put one in the uh, pellet smoker just depending on how many cuts and we're cooking for the day. So they all turn out also, they all seem to turn out pretty much the same, just 
the um, smoker takes that little bit longer than the drum. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of interesting that you've got such a wide spread of different smoker types there. You've got a traditional homemade offset, the drums and the and the pellets. Do you find that um, particular proteins respond to the particular cooking styles of those cookers? Uh, they do, definitely do. Um, like with the uh, pellet smoker, they're doing like just some of the lamb and pork ribs in them. It just, they seem to just do that perfect cook on the pork. Um, even with training, retaining the colour, you're not getting too much burn, so you want that nice presentation. Um, yeah, so they, they all have their own purpose, which is really good. Oh, interesting, yeah. What do you like to do the, the chicken in? Uh, chicken will get, um, we'll probably put them in the pellet smoker and then finish them in the drum sometimes. Like sometimes when you're doing chicken, that old time is coming up and uh, you need to get that temp up pretty quick, so sometimes they're... Uh, getting thrown in the drum because they go a drum you can put up get that temp up pretty quick so yeah the uh the insane can posse i watched some of their stuff and um <laughs> the some of the temps that they run at is just mind-blowing in terms of competition barbecue but the product at the yeah. end of it is just always beautiful looking sensational yeah the drum seems to turn out really good barbecue it's just one thing you got to make sure there's no one walking around and hitting those air vents, those intakes, because sometimes people knock those intakes and you come back and it's sitting at 500 Fahrenheit. So, Oh, like you walk past and you kick the intake with your foot or something? Yeah, well, the intakes are up like around the hip height. Oh, okay. um, so people walk past and brush them by accident. They don't do it on purpose, but it seems to happen a fair bit in the old competition, when, especially when me and Dan first got those first drums. Um, we would have it sitting at 300 Fahrenheit and then you'd look back and it's sitting at 500. So, a forty-five minute brisket. Now that would be interesting. <laughs> be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, tell me, what's been your your best competition experience with with Country Boys? Um, probably Townsville. Um, that all of them are being really good experiences. Um, especially doing the invitationals every year. But um, I can't fault Townsville. The Townsville barbecue barbecue comp was amazing and. It wasn't just because we um, did so well on our cook. It was just the whole atmosphere there and all the teams. Everyone bonded. Everyone got along. There's a lot of new teams. Um, we gave advice. Um, it was just all generally a really good comp and everyone was super happy and chilled. So it was very um, relaxing. Enjoyed it. Yeah, one of the things that I love about that Townsville barbecue battle is that they they seem to, from what I've seen at competitions, they seem to handle new teams the best and encouraging yeah. new teams to come and join the scene and that sort of stuff. I think they've they've really nailed that down nicely. Yeah, no, they have. They've, they've done it very well and they interact with everyone. Uh, the communication's amazing in that competition, so. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Now, one thing that I love about you and Dan and, the, and what you guys do is you love to, um, as you just said, you were sharing knowledge and helping teams and the competition at Bangalore that I was just talking about before, Dan and, and Lucas both shared a lot of knowledge with me there and sort of helped help me up my game. Um, I understand that you actually did a bit of a TV spot raising money for, for farmers. Tell us a bit about that uh, that experience. Yes. So we're down at the Invitational. Um, I can't remember what year it was. It might have been 18. Um, and Black Bear had organised a... Um, a spot with on channel nine, I think it was, uh, where the footy channel nine footy studio is. Um, so we went down there with our Tex Oz, um, 
Black Bear um, and us. It was like Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland, little competition demo, little thing we did there and everyone was cooking. Um, it was pretty good. So it was a good day and it was more about the awareness of raising money for the farmers to come down to the, the event and um, have a good feed and see what's going on. Yeah, that was uh, such a good initiative there, and you know the the farmers are in so much need. It was um it was really great to uh, to see you guys doing that. Um, yeah, no, it was good. I was glad to be part of it. So just to be asked to be part of it was a was a big thing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Now just to uh just to loop back to what you were saying before, you mentioned that you were um doing some work at at Lanes with with Brett. Are you still uh still working at Lanes as well as all the other things that you do? Yeah, no. So with there, I just pop in every now and then, and I'll um I'll come in and we'll organise with Brett, and we'll um g up a week, and I'll come in and do a couple of videos over a couple of days just to help them out with um social media stuff. Um, I was like. I met Brett back in 16 and me and him been best mates since then pretty much. And I've always been there to support him with trying to help him out as much as I can, where I can. So I, I just love the Lane's products and the vision that he's got. It's the perfect barbecue vision. So, um, and he's always there. He's a gentleman of barbecue helping everyone out. So it's um, all I can do is try and repay and try and help out where I can. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a video that you did for him. Um, just a few weeks ago, or maybe even days ago, I just saw it yesterday. But uh, so you're actually um, getting in front of the camera a bit more now, and you're uh, starting to uh, to put together some videos. Yeah, trying to go down there, and um, he's got a really good social media guy working with him called Lloyd. So I've been um, jumping in, and Lloyd's been behind the camera. Um, you'll see Lloyd a lot on the Lanes Barbecue as well, doing the other videos. Um, so yeah, Lloyd's trying to get me more confident, and so is Brett behind the camera. So. It's uh, it's been a good learning experience. I'm sure it has, man. Well, you you certainly seem uh, a lot more uh, relaxed here with me today, which is great. It's obviously paying <laughs> yeah. off. You 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 you're yeah. putting in the work, and uh, it's it's showing. So that's that's some great stuff. So tell me, what do you yeah, um, you. what's what's coming up next for for you and Country Boys in terms of the competitions? Where where will um, I see you next? So the next competition, Country Boys, is that you'll see Country Boys at the Toowoomba Meat Stock. Um, which is going to be, I think there's a, I don't, can't remember how many teams are competing, but there is a lot of teams. Um, it's going to be a big event. And just over those two days, uh, I think Toowoomba is going to be pretty happy with smelling all that smoke and eating all that meat. So it's going to, that's going to be the next comp you see us at. I think it's actually going to be four days, isn't it? There's is a, it four there's, days? Like, there's a double SCA on Thursday, a double SCA on Friday, and then the ABA comp. So yeah, I, well, there you I, go. <laughs> I think it's a four-day festival altogether, which is massive, huge. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be huge. And then having all the big country music is it's gonna be a really good weekend. So, you know, meat stock, meat stock. Yeah, you can't beat can't beat meat stock, can you? No, no, the meat stock just keeps getting better and better every year. So, it does. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hey folks, winter is coming and so we have got what you need to stay warm. We've got our beautiful smoking hot confessions hoodies with our Hail Mary on the back there. You can see her there. She uh, actually picked up best barbecue apparel at the MBBQA Awards in 2021. We've got our beanies. We've got our t-shirts available as well for those of us that live in Queensland and you know when it's hot we have to put on a t-shirt. So uh, we've also got our beautiful tumblers available there as well that will keep a cup of coffee hot overnight. 
um, they're pretty phenomenal gear. So if you're uh, a little bit worried about what's coming for winter, make sure you head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop, grab yourself some of the best looking merch around and look cool while you're staying warm. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, Blair, now we've, uh, we, we've talked about uh, uh, Crafted Q, we've talked about Lanes, we've talked about Country Boys, but you've got your own thing now as well. This is Bears Barbecue Low and Slow, and you've, yep. uh, you've been notified, uh, not notified, you've been nominated um, <laughs> for the Australasian Barbecue Alliance Award for catering. So let's, let's get into that. Tell us how, how Bears Barbecue came about. Um, yeah, I just started like just cooking at home back in the day, uh, probably 2016 and people coming around and trying the food and just being amazed and just like the feedback I was getting from friends that just made me want to um, try and put that food out to more people. So I started doing uh, a couple of weddings um, back in 2016 on the Gold Coast when I was living down in Brisbane. Um, and then I had uh, James Taylor um, from Butterbeard because uh, he lived only around the corner and we used to, he had a nice radar 24 inch smoker. And um, so I started borrowing that off him um, and started doing some weddings and he was always helping me out as well and just doing some catering stuff. So that's pretty much how I got into it first. Um, and then I sort of slowed down a little bit um, and then relocated to uh, Mackay three years ago. Um, and then once I got up here, um, I just come across these new tanks and a few people found out that I was um, building smokers here and were asking if I wanted to get back into the catering game. So everything started taking off from there. Oh, very cool. It's, it's great that you're able yeah. to, uh, to, to relocate and then sort of kick it all off again. That's fantastic. So give yeah, us no, a bit of an idea. Like... Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, so it just, it just kicked off from there and um, just the people in Mackay uh, just pushing me to get back into catering, which was really good. Yeah, it's always nice when you're uh, backed by popular demand. So uh, yeah, <laughs> when I was playing guitars in bars, it, it never actually happened, but I always wanted it to happen, backed by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us about that, uh, that smoker then. You mentioned a reverse flow trailer that you built yourself. Tell us about that process. Yeah, so I was um, just surfing the internet one day here up in Mackay and um, I come across these two big old air vessels. Um, and then I contacted the guy and he was only selling one of them, but I could see in the background there was another one exactly the same. So I just said, well, you, can I buy both of them? Um, I have plans for these. And he was, yeah, happy to sell them. Um, got them into Mackay and, and then started uh, building. I built one. Um, I didn't think I was going to build two because... It, I didn't have that much spare time and it took a while, but, um, yeah, then I sort of got really motivated, um, and then found the time to build the second one and then build a trailer and mounted them both on the trailer. So, um, it took about a year and a half to do, um, in my spare time. Uh, but, um, pretty happy that I found that time to get them done because I'm super happy with them, uh, the way they turned out and they cook amazing. So. Yeah, they look the business. They've got that. Um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's kind of a, a patina finish with the the moon wheels on it. Is that right? Is it what they yeah, call so the I solid got, silver? Yeah, I got the um, 
uh, did the whole patina finish on the trailer and smokers, and I've just got the white wall tires on it. Um, I'm still yet to get some moon hubcaps for it. Um, just haven't had the time to look for them pretty much, but just, yeah, it's just a real rat patina smoker. So they got names Cheech and Chong. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. Mm. So how, how do you go about doing that, that patina finish? Like it's obviously you sort of just let them, um, let them sort of uh, color naturally. And then what do you yeah. do? Do you sort of sand that back and then seal it or? How does that process work? Um, so I stripped them. They were originally white. Um, I stripped them and just like little patches of um, paint everywhere on them, but they're mainly bare metal. Um, and I was just oiling them. So over the time and the burn, the heat goes through with the oil. They're getting that like nice, rich, um, bronzy, rusty look. Um, but over time, they just keep getting darker and darker and darker. So now they're pretty just much a really deep brown at the moment i just keep oiling them every time i cook so i uh, just get the old olive oil can out and once they get a bit of heat into them i respray them so oh okay just a simple spray oil yeah yeah the- just it's that's just my way of doing it there's plenty of other ways that people tend to do it um but yeah that's just what i do to just maintain them um it is a bit annoying sometimes because you got to do really a lot of cleaning um, especially if I get a, go onto a farm here in Mackay for a wedding and you go down a nice big dirt road, so they get a bit dusty. So, but yeah, I tend to tend to do it after I've gone down that dead dirt road now. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that the, that the uh, dust would stick to that oil pretty well. I'm actually yeah. um, interested in the fact that you said that you use aerosol because I'd I'd heard that the um, chemicals in, in in aerosols can be can eat um, the Teflon finish on a saucepan, so I, I, I was, I'm surprised that yeah, they yeah. Uh, that that they don't damage the surface of the smoker. That's interesting. Yeah, no, well they're pretty solid. I think they're eight they're eight mil thick. Um, oh. I think from to, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty pretty for the, the damage that that after you know, probably damaged after I'm not here anyway. So they'll live they'll outlive me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and did you uh, insulate the fireboxes on them as well? No, these ones I didn't. I kind of wish I did. Um, but it was sort of like a new thing for me, a new design on these ones. Um, so the way they worked, I've had done a lot of modifying to sort of adjusting, learning with them, um, just managing where the fire goes in them uh, to the point where I've got them in a really good sweet spot now. Um, I do wish I did insulation on it, but I didn't know much, too much about it. Um, but the new one I built for Lane's Barbecue, that's a fully insulated firebox on that one. So, Oh, nice. How'd you go about doing that? Um, a lot of Panadol <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it was a lot of just more drawing and designing it to try and make it sure it was going to work and trying to make it the easiest way, um, for making it happen. So, but it's just more a uh, square box and a pipe inside around pipe. And then it's just got the insulate heat insulation in between them. So it's pretty basic, but it's just more trying to make it happen. Yeah. Beautiful. I've got a, um, a jagged smoker oven out here, which is insulated around yep. the firebox and the cook chamber, and it's yeah. it's phenomenal just how cheap that thing is to feed. Amazing. Yeah, they and they look amazing quality. I've seen. I've been watching them online, the old jagged wood fired ones, and they they look amazing. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff. I I love it. Now let's let's move on to your to your food. What sort of uh, food yep. do you serve? I mean, obviously it's barbecue, but is it is it Memphis mm. style barbecue? Do you like are you Texas style? Or are you, do you blend and fuse the different styles together? What do you do? 
Yeah, so mainly I'm trying to focus on like the Texas style with the um, with my slow-cooked meat. So with my briskets, I try and keep it as authentic as I can. Um, and then I also on the menu, I've got my brisket, beef ribs, uh, pork ribs, pulled pork and chicken Marylands. Um, but I've been trying to keep it as Texan as I can. Um, the sides aren't so much Texan because I found a lot of people in Australia keep asking for roast potato, roast pumpkin, stuff like that. Oh, um, really? Which, yeah, I tend to get a lot of them requesting that with the weddings because I'm mainly focusing on weddings. Um, but I've removed them from the menu just because it's a bit of a nightmare to cook in the smokers. Um, and I've just gone back to a lot of salads and just corn. So. But yeah, the, with the meats, I try and stick Texan as much as I can. Yeah, I've tried um, throwing a couple of pumpkins in there myself, and I find that uh, roasted over charcoal or roasted in a charcoal cooker is delicious. But yeah. smoked, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it just it's also just the time. It takes a lot of time, and it takes up a lot of room, um, and tends to take a lot of the heat out of the smokers as well. So it does. Yeah, yeah. Now you uh you mentioned weddings there before and I was going to ask you actually yep. when it comes to to catering and that sort of thing what type of events you prefer because there there tends to be um people that sort of chase festivals and then there's people yep. that chase private functions so I'm wondering do you do both yeah. or do you have a preference or where do you land um, I'd like with the the weddings is what I really enjoy doing at the moment um because most of the weddings I get, they're an average of 100 people. Um, so I'll do a big wedding of 100 or 100 plus. Um, and it's just an enjoyable day because I can just go there, focus on that day, focus on getting those meals out. Um, and then and that's your day done. Um, I do want to get into festivals. Um, I just probably need to focus on getting that little bit bigger um, and a bit more equipment. And then, yeah, then I'll start looking at getting into festivals in the future. So, but for me now, it's just weddings and private events. Yeah. Well, the, the way that I've heard it, obviously I'd like, I'm not a commercial cooker myself. Um, but the way that I've heard it is that uh, it's a lot safer for people to sort of get into private functions and it is festivals because, you know, a wedding's going to go ahead, rain, hail or shine. Yeah. Whereas a festival, you could have spent, you know, ten thousand dollars in in food to sell over the weekend, and then you end up not being able to sell any of it. So, yeah. was there has there been sort of that consideration in your planning and your growth strategy? Yeah, the wedding the weddings are a, a safer opportunity. Um, they I do you do get a couple cancelled, but you're only ordering the meat a couple of weeks ahead. So you, you're pre-organising everything only a couple of weeks ahead for that wedding where a festival, there's a lot more involved. And I've seen a lot of people, as we both know, a lot of people that have gone to do events and the events are cancelled and it's it's really hurt them and it's something you can't afford to do all the time. So Now, particularly in the last, uh, well, we're in the third year of it now. Um, there's been yeah. a lot of uh, last-minute cancellations and a lot of, uh, a lot of meat tossed in the bin, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, like I get cancellations with the weddings, but it's just it's just part of it, and you got to prepare for it. So you can't get upset or angry about it. It's, people have stuff going on in their life as well. So yeah, yeah. T- tell me, do you um when you're negotiating these these deals for these private functions, do you include say like a non refundable deposit? So if the wedding does get cancelled, you still retain that that deposit to at least sort of uh, offset that sting a bit. 
yeah, there is um, time periods and stuff like if you're cancelling that we have set up. So like deposits are a deposit um, and then we go through like if it's so many months out from a wedding, um, you might lose that or you lose, then you start losing different percentages depending on how close you are to the um, the date of that wedding. So, but those, date, those dates are getting pretty close to the date of the wedding. So it's more for security with what we've organised and prepared for that event. So. Yeah, of course. Sure, sure. And so how, how far out do people typically book um, these these wedding gigs? So if like if there's people listening or, or, or watching to this, how much, yep. um, how, how far ahead should they be planning when they're looking for gigs to book for themselves? Um, I've got a lot of people planning from two to a year and a half out. Um, some people are just only a year, um, but the average has been between a year to a year and a half. They've been um, starting emails and inquiring. And then before we get to a final number and they have com- confirmation of who's, a- who's attending and, and what food they're after, um, it's normally about a year. Okay, wow. Okay, so... yeah. People have obviously heard about Bears Barbecue a year, two years before, and yep. then, wow, that's got to feel good that you've got that rep. No, it is such a strong enough reputation that they hear about you two years before they want you, and they still go ahead and yeah. book you in. That's awesome. No, it's been, it's been really good up here. Like that first year in Mackay, just sort of with um, my name sort of a little travelled around just from a few people, um, and yeah, that those people just putting my name out there just was really good and appreciate all that. So just word of mouth has been amazing in Mackay. Yeah. Fascinating, man. It's, 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 it sounds like it's really come together for you. Well up there. Did you, um, did yeah. you travel up there to, to Mackay for a job? Like, like, do you have a, a you know, a, a traditional, um, nine to five? Yeah. So I moved up here, uh, three years ago now to uh, start a new adult apprenticeship. So I was looking for a new trade. Um, right. So uh, yeah, I had to live in Mackay to do it. So. And what was that trade in? Uh, it's electronics and communications in uh, coal mining up here. Oh, wow. Smart move. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. Awesome. So just, uh, okay, that was a bit of a sidetrack. I just went on down there. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's bring it back to, uh, to, to catering. Um, what's been the the hardest thing that that you've faced setting up this business, and and how or what do you do to to overcome it? Ah, oh, the hardest thing. Um, it's probably just more on the day, like of cooking. Um, as you know, like every cook is um, ends at a different time. The meat the meat never goes for when you're predicting. Um, so one of the hardest thing is when uh, you get a time from the bride um and it's six o'clock for dinner and you can see six o'clock is coming and stuff is still cooking that is one of my hardest things that i've got to deal with with the business um going over there and sort of telling her because everything's planned for the whole night and you got to go tell them the night's going to be a little delayed that is hard it's only happened a couple of times i've panicked a few times but um everyone has seemed to have been pretty good with it and understand what's going on because they know how long the cooking is and how long we've been there for the day. So, um, but yeah, that's one of my hardest things. Like I've tried getting there earlier and earlier every time and making sure it's finished early, but sometimes they just can't control what that meat wants to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. And how do the brides respond to something like that? Have you ever had like a bridezilla moment where they just scream and shave their hair off in the mirror like what how how did they handle that news 
Uh, no, I haven't had a Bridezilla yet. Um, hopefully, I don't ever get a Bridezilla because they look scary. Um, but no, um, they take it pretty well, um, and they all seem to understand it and just work with me because they they sort of just want the food. So um, no, they're they're all very well. So. Oh, that's handy then. That's a good deal. So tell me, what is the, what then has been the uh, the best thing or the easiest? The best thing, thing. the easiest. Um, I don't know. Um, probably the best thing is just getting the recognition um, with people wanting me. Um, when you get people that have tried the food at the end of the night, people coming up um, and telling you that was like one of the best meals I've eaten and just the feedback. The feedback's amazing and it sort of just after that 16-hour day and you get people coming up and giving you feedback, um, it's, it's pretty good at the end of the day, especially when you're ready for bed. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. Now, have you ever had a bridezilla moment where someone's given you negative feedback and you've lost your temper and shaved your head in front of them? <laughs> no, well, um, no, I haven't, I haven't had a, actually had anyone come tell me any negative feedback. I would like people to, but um, a, there's got to be a time for it. Um, but I would like some negative feedback. It's always good to get it so you can build from that. So... Yeah, I think we'll call it constructive feedback, shall we? Yeah, constructive feedback is way better. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a, a particular talent or a particular skill that you think has has um, has helped you get this success with this business? Uh, it's probably just my uh, patience and attention. Like um, everything I do, I try and do to 110%. Um, I don't, I honestly don't like serving and I won't serve anything that I don't think I would enjoy. So everything that I do serve um, goes out something that I would want to eat. Um, so I'm never going to serve anything bad. Um, so that's probably my thing there. Um, it's probably my specialty. I always just focus and make sure everything's going out at 100, 110%. So beautiful man the attention to detail has got to be so important so important yeah so tell me what do you got planned for the future where does bears barbecue go from here um well i'm looking at um doing i want to get to like a food trailer that is my plan um i want to start doing i just want to have that bigger and better kitchen where i can expand and start doing more um so i do want to get to the food trailer game um and start doing pop-ups around Mackay and wherever I end up. So that is that is my goal. So I have been shopping and looking for a little bit now. Um, just got to find that right one that I that I look, want for appearance. So, oh, interesting. Okay, so more of a like a uh, traditional sort of food trailer, but with a with a smoker built into it somewhere there. Yeah. Well, at the moment, having those two smokers on the trailer. It's, um, I've looked at doing trucks, um, with the kitchen on the back. So then I can tie the smokers around. Um, but at the moment it's just probably going to be a caravan and it's going to be two cars. So that, that, that's probably what I'm looking at at the moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, um, JR's smokehouse? You said you lived down here for a bit. Did you ever get to JR's? Yes, I did. And that's, uh, another inspiration of getting into barbecue there, just tasting his food. So, and he has an amazing setup. So I just love his traditional style. So. Yeah. Cause that's how he does things too. He's got, um, he's got two vehicles and two trailers and one of them's got a, yeah. an old hickory on the trailer. Yep. And then the other one's the actual service trailer. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen, yeah, I've seen he set up a few times and he's been at the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. Um, That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like, uh, no, he, JL Smokehouse, is, uh, he's uh, one of the big guys in Australia and he's doing very well. Very much so, yeah. Now, before we round out this this part of the show, we, we've talked about Bears Barbecue, where it came from, what you do, how you do it, and your plans for the future. What would yeah. winning the ABA Award for Cater of the Year mean for you? Well, um, I'm, I'm honoured enough just to be in that top eight because the guys that are in that, they're they're amazing. Like, they are all top-notch. So to win that over them, um, that'd be mind-blowing, like, especially for, for the Bears Barbecue. Like, uh, I've got a great group of people that work with me um, and just they all put in 100% when we do these weddings. And I think just... If we win that, we all deserve it. So, and it's a be a, an award for all of us. So, not just myself. So, and just everyone who's helped me get here. Well said, mate. There's no I in team, is there? No, no, definitely not. No, it's the people. The people push you, and the people that help you get here is it, the awards for everyone. So, very well said, mate. Look, we're going to take a small break, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, folks, big shout out to those of you who are joining us in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook today. If you're not there yet, make sure you come over and join us. It is where we record these these podcasts before we release them later on down the track. So you get to actually be a part of the show. We've already got a bunch of questions lined up to put to Blair um, a bit later on. So it's on Facebook, the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community. All the guff is left at the door. It's a family-friendly group. We only talk about barbecue and we just hang out, we have a good time, and we share a lot of knowledge around between us. So if you're out there, if you're looking to find some like-minded people who are into some family-friendly banter um, at and around a barbecue, do come and join us. It's a good place to be, and we would love to see you there. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Blair. Now this is the uh, the the part of the show where uh, our guest gets to share some uh, some some wisdom, some knowledge, give us some tips. And you actually want to talk to us about brisket today. Now I'm super keen about this because I didn't realise before we started the show that you were the brisket guy for Country Boys. So we're actually going to get some great uh, some great brisket tips, and you're going to specifically focus on uh, brisket for caterers, which is going to be, of course, a a bit more different and a bit uh, more widely appealing than, uh, say, competition barbecue. So, mate, I'm going to throw it yeah. over to you. I'm going to be quiet now, if you can believe that, and I'm going to just take some notes and ask some questions along the way. Yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, just we're gonna, the, my topic today is just going to be brisket. Um, it's my favourite thing to cook. Um, it's more just for what I do at catering, and it'll be good for anyone at home. Um, so just picking the right brisket is like a big thing at the start. Um, you want to get something that's got a nice flat on it and with a good point, you don't want something that's too skinny, um, or too lean. Um, so from there I go and just pick the, um, right size brisket that I want. Uh, and then I'm just going to go over it and, um, make sure the right amount of fat is still left on it. We don't want to take too much fat off the top. We want to get rid of the hard stuff. Um, so, and we want to try and get some nice shape into it. So I don't remove too much fat, but I will remove a lot of the fat where it's between the muscles of the flat and the point, um, where you get a bit of hard. So, and then from there, um, we're just going to go and find the perfect rub that you want. So I tend to use, I'm using all Lane's barbecue products. 
with the gluten-free side of it for my catering. Um, and I'll tend to use the uh, brisket ancho every time. Um, it's a fan favorite. Um, people seem to really enjoy it. Um, I was using salt and pepper for a while. Um, and just a lot of feedback I got from people. Sometimes things are a little bit too salty. So I just went back to using the original um, from Lane's Barbecue that I was using. Um, and then with that, we're going to, you want to have the um, smokers up at about 250, 275 Fahrenheit. Um, when I'm already up to temp and um, then we're going to run it, get that brisket in. And we're going to probably shut those doors for a good three hours, two and a half hours before I even open it up again. Um, and then we're going to look at checking the temps on it, checking the color, give it a bit of spritz, make sure there's a bit of moisture there. And um, with the spritzing, I just uh, use purely water. I uh, don't use anything else, uh, especially anything with sugars in it, because um, some people tend to use sugar and things will crystallize and burn. Um, but I just keep running the water. Um, we'll cook that brisket till you'll get a stall period. Um, tends to happen around the 160, 170 Fahrenheit mark. Um, just let that thing keep cooking and push through. Um, and once you get to the other side of that stall, um, then we'll wrap that brisket. Um, we're using butcher's paper. Um, and I'll then throw that back in the smoker and uh, I take them to about 210 Fahrenheit. Um, so they will get about there and it's more, I feel them as well on the base. Like if they're still feeling a bit tight, I'll keep letting them run in the smoker. Um, but once they feel well, we um, pull them out and get them into the warmers, the Cambros, and we um, let them finish off there for another hour to three hours. So just depending on what time we finish. Yeah, right. And as we said, it depends on when the dinner service is as to whether that, that rest yeah. will be one hour or three hours or... 10 minutes if the brisket doesn't want to behave sometimes. Yeah, no, it's, um, you get a couple, like you'll put them all in at the same time, similar time. And then, um, you might get one out of those eight briskets I'm cooking for that day might just stay tight for a while. And you, you just serve up the other ones and you just let it keep cooking. And then it, it normally tends to come really well at the end of that. So. Yeah. Very nice. Now, you mentioned right at the start there that you like to pick a nice size brisket. What does that mean? What is a yep. nice size brisket? Um, so for the catering, like uh, most of the briskets get supplied. They're about six to seven kilo. Um, so sometimes you get some bigger ones or you get like cups. So if you get a Cape Grim, most of them are averaging about five to six kilo nowadays. Um, but they tend to have good shape still. So um just with the size, I don't want them being too skinny in width as well. Like I want a, a bit of good base and uh, with the flat, I, we want a good like minimum inch on them. Like everything else is bigger, but I don't ever let them get any smaller than that when I'm picking them out for my catering. So um, I do like to keep a really nice flat on them. So, Would you say that the that the uniformity of the flat is more important than what the point looks like? um yeah i do like most of the points they always cook they cook well they always seem to cook really well um so i do focus on trying to make sure i get a good flat when i am picking one of the briskets out um just being the point being more marbled and having a lot more fat there to go through it and keep it more moisture in there it's just me yeah trying to choose um a really good flat that has a most of the points on them are good anyway so yeah yeah, now as a as a um, 
as a barbecue competitor, guys, that we are, we know that uh, that the point is where it's at. Do you find that the that the commercial guests that you have do they always go for the point over the flat? Uh, so with them, they don't tend to know too much. Um, like you get the few people um, that that will request a burnt in, like or some of that around that area. Um, so I normally tend to cut that off and throw that in their box for them when they're coming along. Um, but yeah, no, everyone seems to be pretty happy with what they get. But when I do serve up, I try and give them one piece of the flat and a, a side piece from the point when I do put it in the box. Um, so everyone does get a bit of mix of everything. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Now, um, the other question I had, you mentioned that you're looking for colour after about three or four hours. What what particular colour are you yep. looking for? <clears throat> yeah, I'm just trying to start seeing where the bark is starting to set. Um, like, And then like after about three hours, I'll, I'll rotate that brisket, spin him around, um, and just trying to get that um, even cook going through it, like over it. So just with the colour, you can, if you tend to have a brisket coming up near towards the exhaust, they're going to be, it's a lot hotter at my exhaust. Um, so like I'll normally put the point in at the exhaust end um, on my briskets when I'm putting them in because um, that tends to take a lot more of the heat and then once it starts getting a bit of colour there sometimes might even put a bit of foil over that because we don't want it going too much um, so yeah I just watch for that check the temp where it is when it about three hours in and then I start giving that spritz so I tend to let the briskets try and do their own moisture for as long as I can um, and they tend to work very well doing that. So, very nice. Yeah. Now, the the last one that I had for you was that you had you had mentioned that you wrap after stall. Now, I was just curious. Are you saying yep. after the stall starts or after the stall finishes? Yeah. After the stall is finished, I'll I'll wrap my briskets in butcher's paper. Yeah. So I'll I'll keep pushing it through. Yeah. So after they hit that that two hundred three Fahrenheit. No, no, sort of like, um, like, you know, just like when they slow down between that 160 to 175, you get that massive stall in between there. Um, like in, sometimes you feel like your brisket's not going any higher and it's just hanging out at that, the 165, 170 Fahrenheit area and you feel like it's not pushing. And then once I start seeing the numbers start climbing again, I'll, um, that's when I'll start wrapping, I'll start wrapping that brisket. So it'll be that final cook. So I do tend to push them pretty far um, before I do wrap, but it's just the way the smoker, my smoker is just the way it does it and works well. So Very nice. Very cool. All right, we've got a couple mm. of questions that have come in from, uh, yeah. from the Facebook group for you. The first mm. one yeah. is, what's your favourite bit of meat to cook? Favourite bit of meat? Uh, they'll definitely be the beef ribs. Beef ribs are my all-time favourite. So they tend to just cook amazing every time um, and they taste even better. So, yeah, beef ribs. Beautiful. Now, the next one we've got for you is, heard you're going to be opening a shop in Brisbane. Is this a bit of an inside rumour here? Are we going to get a scoop? (laughs) No, there's no shop in Brisbane that's opening. No, definitely no shop in Brisbane. Oh, okay. Busted. Rumour busted. (laughs) All right. And the last one, this is a uh, a great lead for you. Uh, Diana Bella says, can I book you for my wedding? So I might uh, pass those details on to you after the show. Because I, I, I think we've just lined you up another gig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pass those details on after. Well, look, mate, that, that's yes. a good point for us to, uh, to start wrapping up the show. So I'm going to say uh, that the studio is over to you. Throw out some thanks, some praise, some shout-outs to people that have helped you out along the way. 
and tell everybody where they can track down Bears Barbecue on the internet. Yeah, perfect. Well, I'd just like to firstly thank everyone that's helped me get to where I am and have had uh, faith in me and supported me. It's one of my big things. So um, I'd like to thank Brett from uh, Lane's Barbecue. He's always uh, pushed me to keep doing what I do and he's always supported me. Um, I'd like to thank all the Country Boys team. Um, they've always been there helping me, even when we're just hanging out and just enjoying ourselves. Um, and just all my friends that have um, always just been there telling me to keep doing what I want to do. So, um, and yeah, and just like to thank you for having me on here. Um, pretty much, I've, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So I'm honored to be on the podcast with you, Ben. So, and yeah, I'd just like to thank my partner for also supporting and pushing me to go further with it. Yep. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on board the show and thank you for the kind words uh, about about smoking on confessions. That that, that means a lot. Um, one one yep. small piece of advice would be to uh, lead with thanking the partner first. <laughs> <laughs> next time next yeah, I'll time deal, i'll deal with that later <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you will <laughs> well look man thank you very much for coming on the show and uh best of luck with everything and uh, i've got my thank fingers you. crossed for you for the aba awards at uh, meat stock toowoomba i'll see you there appreciate it mate you have a good weekend and there you have it folks that was uh blair tomkinson from uh bears barbecue low and slow uh, formerly of Crafted Q, he works with Lanes. Uh, he's been a big part of the scene for many years now, and he's got an award-nominated uh, catering gig based out of uh, Mackay up there. Make sure you check him out. Um, I mean, you know, you can see how down-to-earth he is, and uh, we we saw the reflection of that by the uh, the request to book him for a wedding coming through during the episode. So uh, that that's really cool, and I'm looking forward to uh, to to uh, seeing him again at Toowoomba and. Uh, being able to hang out, crack a beer and shake his hand and have a good time. All right, now before I let you go, just a quick uh, reminder, could you please do the things for us, the, the likes, the shares, the comments. Now, if you're listening in on Spotify, there is a new feature on Spotify for 2022. It is the uh, the rating system. So please just take t- two seconds, throw us a five-star uh, r- rating on uh, Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. And thank you very much for your time today. And until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>